and I kind of felt like it was untapped and underutilized. So I got to play with it and I got to focus some attention to it and um, kind of run a little clinical trial on it. And uh, it worked. Welcome to the Seven Figure Flipping Podcast, where we take you behind the scenes of wholesaling and house flipping businesses. The systems and automation that we discuss will help you build a real business instead of another job for yourself. From beginners to those doing hundreds of thousands a year, we go deep into the details and strategies that are working today. And now your host, Bill Allen. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Seven Figure Flipping Podcast. This is Bill Allen, and we are in the marketing series that we're doing right now. So we just came off of this successful habits and financial habits for success. And we just got back from the cruise and now we're on these marketing habits and, uh, and marketing and just diving into different strategies for you guys. Because one of the biggest things that we hear all the time in the mastermind group inside and outside the mastermind group, all over social media and everywhere is we need more leads, right? So more leads, more leads, more leads. And it really comes down to marketing and what are we doing? And are we getting out there and getting in front of these sellers? So today I have one of the top experts on Facebook marketing and everything Facebook, frankly, like every time that I have a question, this is the person to go to inside of our mastermind groups about Facebook, about, uh, we'll talk about Instagram. We'll talk about some of the different social media platforms and some of the strategy behind it today. But today I have, I'm, I'm really excited to talk to my friend, Stephanie Betters. How are you, Stephanie? Yay. Hi, I'm good. How are you? I'm doing really well. And I'm, uh, I'm actually really excited to talk about this because as I've become more involved in this seven figure flipping community, obviously I've had to get involved in a lot more of the social media stuff. So whether it's, I've been on Facebook for a long time, so I kind of understand that platform, but all these different platforms that are kind of new to me. So I'm interested to talk a lot about those kind of things, like building a community and branding and stuff like that, that we're going to talk about today. So um, I, I can't wait to hear about it and I'm going to learn something. I got my notepad, I got my pen, and I'm ready to just jot down notes as you just spit gold for this whole podcast. <laughs> well, I'm excited you're excited because I feel like a giant Facebook nerd and I'm, I always love to be able to talk about it. Some people don't want me to talk about it because I go on and on, but I'm excited for your passion too. Well, you have a microphone today, so you can talk all about it. So <laughs> we can spend as much time. And I, what I want is the listeners to get some stuff that they could do on their own, lots of different things that they can do to try to drive more traffic and leads towards them. And we can talk a lot about the outcome for this, but a lot of it, I don't want to get too far ahead of ourselves, but we don't really see what's happening kind of behind the scenes and under the surface of what we're doing. Right. And it's not this instant gratification type stuff in some of the things that we're doing. So before we mm -hmm. dive into all that and get started, why don't we've been doing this kind of a seven figure flipping story, right? So what's your seven figure flipping story from like kind of you guys and your background? Okay. Um, so my story is a little overwhelming, so it's hard for it actually feels like a little bit vulnerable to talk about it because every time I tell people what we're up to, everyone's like, Oh my gosh. So, um, kind of our origin really in getting involved with the group is, um, it started back when my husband and I got married. So we met super young. We met in college. Um, I was 19 when I met Zach and, um, you know, the typical love story and we got married right out of, right out of college. So I was 21. He was 24 when we got married. Um, so coming out of college, ton of, college debt undergrad and we were trying to figure out what we we're going to do for the rest of our lives, you know, and we had no money. Um, so our very first, we were renting our very first home we bought in 2007, um, was literally the only thing we could afford was a foreclosed disaster. Um, and 
this was never on my radar. So I've got to give Zach like a ton of props for this because I was just like, I want to have babies and get married. And you know, I don't know. I was in some sort of naive world and uh, I didn't care about renting. I didn't care about any of that. But Zach's like, no, we need to start. We need to like buy a house. And you know, we had no money. So of course the only option was to buy a disaster, which by the way, he found like in the classified section of the newspaper and technology was there in 2007. I don't know why we found it that way. But he had watched, you know, a couple of HGTV shows and was like, yeah, we just buy a foreclosed house and you just make money. That's just how it goes. So we found this, we found this house um, it, that was near our apartment. And uh, we, the broker was like one of these like hardcore, like old school smoking voice brokers. She's like, yeah, we're going to get you into this house. No problem. We're like, oh, we don't we need to get a mortgage. And she's like, no, uh, there's a lot of mold in this house. You're going to need to get in there and paint it we're going to need to make sure that that mold isn't there for your inspector. So literally Zach had to break in and like paint over the mold with kills. So we would qualify for a loan. And it was just, it was an adventure from the get go. We lived in it. We, we ripped the whole thing apart. We did all the work ourselves. Um, over a year and a half, we both got into grad school. Um, I'm a nurse practitioner now. He's a physician assistant and we sold the property um, in 2008, literally like second quarter of 08, right before the crash. Two weeks after we sold it, it crashed. And we were living in Binghamton, New York, and IBM was a big player there and an employer. So we went under contract, sold it, two weeks later it crashed. And actually the people who ended up buying it from us foreclosed a couple years later. So it's kind of sad to hear that. But our story, you know, we learned a lot renovating it. And um, we probably made like $45,000 on that flip, put it into a CD, went to grad school and Zach was like, we need to do this again. And me, I'm kind of like, I was the naysayer, the process person, the detail person. I was like, we're going to grad school. You know, I, you know, I was pregnant now and like, I can't, like we have a young family. What are we like, what are we going to, what do you want to do to me here? I'm never living in that again. Like I'm not putting children through that. So we were, we went to grad school, Stony Brook, Long Island. And our family at that time was all over the country. And we had to figure out where we were going to live. I didn't want to live on Long Island. Um, I'm not that. I'm not really a city girl. It was too expensive, really, to live there for young professionals. So we picked Charlotte, North Carolina, specifically for the real estate market. Uh, that's the only reason why we picked Charlotte. Uh, we had never been there before, <laughs> so except at the airport. So we um, we bought a house. Uh, we well, obviously we moved down. We rented. We built a house actually in a neighborhood that we analyzed and thought, okay, I think this is probably going to appreciate based on the data from Winston-Salem and comparing Charlotte market to Winston-Salem market. Um, let's go there. So uh, we built the house and the deal was uh, if it appreciated the way we thought it would appreciate in two years, then we would take a HELOC out and start flipping. Um, so now I've had a second child and two years has gone by and um, we, we evaluated the property. Actually, it went up it, like exactly what we thought. It went up. And in the meantime, we had bought a rental house for, um, for Zach's mom. We bought, bought it for her. She moved out. We kept it, put a tenant in there. So now I'm kind of feeling a little bit more comfortable with the real estate market. I felt like our projection came true. So I'm feeling a little more secure. And um, we had a third baby. And now I'm like, okay, I, I feel like we can do this. Uh, we've had three years into our new careers and I felt like we could jump. So we did in 2016, we started, um, started, uh, flipping. It took us a long time to get our first deal and the end of 2015 is when we decided that we would do this. We started the company and then it wasn't until February 2016 that we actually started, um, bought our first house off MLS and flipped it and bought a rental. 
uh, and then kind of snowballed from there. We didn't know what to do, so we were just looking on Zillow and MLS and um, didn't even know anything about marketing. Uh, the first thing we did for marketing after we sold our flips were um, every door direct mail, and we just found that from the post office. Um, so we sent out a couple of, the, couple of those letters, got our next two deals, and then we all of a sudden we had too many deals, meaning like we had one flip going on and another one under contract. And we're like, we can't do this. Our contractors are terrible. We can't, I don't know what to do. So that's how we, we were on bigger pockets. And we, we found Justin Williams and we found um, the concept of wholesaling. Um, so we wholesaled our first deal and started following uh, Justin and Householding Formula and like the whole deal. Um, towards the end of 2016 is when we actually joined house flipping formula. And we had done, I think we had done like 11 deals by then the last quarter three and quarter four, we actually wholesaled because we were behind on our flipping, trying to figure out how to do that effectively. Um, and when we joined, I felt like, Oh my gosh, why didn't we do this sooner? How do we not know about these communities? You know, we, we were out there trying to figure everything out by ourselves and, you know, Googling stuff and just trying to take action and, you know, meanwhile, juggle our, our children and juggle our very busy full-time careers in medicine. Um, and I, I don't know, kind of, I've kind of felt like a whole new world opened up. Um, and at that point where we were at, you know, the whole reason why we, what we started investing in real estate was we just wanted to secure a long-term future. We've just figured, Hey, we'll buy some rentals and over time, you know, maybe we'll have three rentals per kid and then we'll pay for college and weddings and things like that from the rentals. And then we really realized how much effort and money it took to get a deal. And our original plan of, of like raising 20 grand and putting a down payment on a house and then waiting and doing it again and again, we realized this is going to take us a long time to do that. Like it takes a long time for us to save up 20 grand from just our careers and like everything else going on, like paying our student loans and all the stuff that we really couldn't do it the way we wanted to. So we, we just, decided flipping and wholesaling would help us amass that money to then buy a rental and then, you know, on and on. So like I said, we were just kind of like banging rocks together, trying to figure out how to do that and uh, going on appointments and stuff like that. So when we joined the group, I felt like we had a little bit more access to processes and like, okay, there's some best practices that people do and like people have tried stuff and failed and maybe we can learn from their mistakes and maybe we can learn from what's working for them. And maybe we can build this faster, you know, and, and skip some steps of mess ups. Um, cause of course we messed up a ton along the way with our renovations and like, you know, lack of systems and me driving out to deliver paint to people. I mean, with my kids in the car and Lowe's trips and it was just super stressful. I'd be at the hospital and a contractor would call me when I'm trying to deal with a really sick patient. And I would like flip out on the phone to the contractor. Like, this isn't real life. This isn't really an emergency, you know? Um, so <laughs> I've said some pretty nasty things to contractors when I'm, when I'm working. So I feel kind of bad about that because I'm a nicer person than that. But anyway, um, so then we're at the community and we went to our very first event in 2017 in Nashville it was a, the event where John Martinez was there talking about his sales systems. And I don't know, my mind just like exploded, you know, um, I had all of a sudden I had ideas instead of feeling really overwhelmed and drowning. Um, cause we really were at that point. I just felt like, how are we going to get, how are we going to get to our objective? You know what I mean? We, we had to start this new stuff with wholesaling and, and flipping. And I just felt like it kind of took us away from buying rentals for a minute, trying to figure out how to do that stuff. So I, 
I really wanted to like come back around to what about this passive income thing we were supposed to be doing, you know? Um, so I don't know. It just kind of, it kind of opened up a new world for us in that sense. And like, Oh, it's okay. Like you can, you can build an active part of your business and you can hire people and you can put systems in place. So you're not the one doing all the work, you know? And while I think that may be a little bit misleading because maybe we're not doing the physical work of delivering paint. Now we're the ones managing employees. And that was kind of a different, um, skill set and a different kind of work. Um, it put us in a position where we could move lots of things around at the same time. So it's active income for sure, trying to build that company and, and put people in place. But then what ended up happening was we can give advice and we can be consultive to our employees and what they're doing and, and help build their systems. But then we could really also focus on what we feel our super strength is. And along the way, that's kind of what, how face, my Facebook stuff started developing. I started concentrating on what I felt was interesting and these ideas I started having, having, you know, from being in the meeting and from talking to people and like hearing other people's pain points and all this stuff. I'm like, Oh, I don't know. It just kind of generated a, something new that I didn't anticipate. And the only really way I know how to explain it is like, you feel like you're in this room and you're in your building and you're like, this room is the only room in the house because this is all I know. This is all I can see. And then you, you kind of get some systems in place and then you meet new people and you network and then like a wall falls down and like you see the rest of the house. I feel like that's kind of what happened to us in my brain and all these other things popped up like, and Facebook, like I said, was a huge part of that. And, and I got so excited because like this could be mine and the rest of the company can keep going and I can still help with those, with those other departments and with those other employees, but I get to focus on what I really like. So Facebook, was born in the sense of like, let's advertise on Facebook that, and then back then this is 2017, late 2017 to early 2018 when Facebook marketing wasn't really a thing. And I just kind of felt like this is so ridiculous. Why aren't people on Facebook? My grandma's on Facebook, you know, stalking me, like the motivated sellers have got to be there. There's got to be a way to reach people here the way, and I kind of felt like it was untapped and underutilized. So I got to play with it and I got to focus some attention to it. And um, having a lot of the real estate investors now become my friends in the group. I was like, Hey guys, can I like test some of this stuff on you? Like it's working with me. Like, can you be my Guinea pig? Can I try it in your market and see if it's a coincidence or what? And so I did and I, you were one of those people, which was really exciting. And, um, I had a couple people, we had, you know, you in Pensacola and Nashville, and then we had someone in Texas, someone in California, someone in Pennsylvania. Uh, we kind of like did like a, like a, like a spot test in different markets. And I wanted to see if it was regional, if or not, and if motivated sellers behaved the same way across the country and um, kind of run a little clinical trial on it. And uh, it worked, which was, I, I expected it to, but I also kind of didn't expect it to because I was like surprised, you know, that we kind of found our, our little industry. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, we continue to do it and we continue to, to find, you know, great success in advertising on Facebook. And it's been interesting to ride, um, the wave of algorithm changes and the development of Facebook over the years. I mean, there's been lots of scrutiny and, and it's been really exciting for, for me to, to learn it and to be involved in it and get into the data and test stuff. And I don't know. I, it's, it's a, a part of our company that I really, really enjoy. And it kind of developed into its own little company too, which is, which is fun. So 
um, hopefully that origin story made sense and kind of <laughs> kind of went into it. Um, I, as far as my what's happening in the background with, my, with medicine, I still practice. Uh, now I work part time, and so does Zach. We work. I work six days a month in um, heart surgery, and Zach does still does urgent care four times a month. So we left our full-time positions and now I, and everyone asks me, why are you still doing medicine? Now, uh, real estate is what I do for a living and medicine is what I do for, for passion. And I feel like that's exactly the way it was meant to be, um, as far as medicine, practicing medicine goes. And I really enjoy, um, the processes and the systems and, and things like that. At first, I really enjoyed flipping houses and making things pretty and seeing the end result. But now I really enjoy developing my employees and seeing a culture. And, you know, we have 21 employees now. It's, which is kind of crazy to even say out loud, but now what I find the most rewarding is developing them and their positions and their careers and developing ideas and, and trying new things and being innovative, which is quite the evolution. It's pretty cool, isn't it? To look back and just kind of see the journey. And when you come in thinking you want to flip houses and you just want to leave medicine and then you want to create a st stable environment for your family. And then yeah. you, you find out that you really love like hiring, managing, leading people and yeah. find yourself as a business owner and really enjoying that. And then something else comes out of it too, which is your Facebook business. Um, yeah. So if, if anybody I think out there knows how you feel right now, it would be me. <laughs> because what you just said really resonated with me on, people ask me all the time why I still fly for the military. And why do you still go down to Pensacola 60 days a year to do that? And I say, I, I love it. You know, there's something about it that just uh, even thinking, thinking about giving it up gives me, it makes me scared. Like me I, too. And I, maybe it's what I've always done and hanging up, everybody says hanging up the pajamas is really hard to do if, as a pilot, you know, the flight suits that we get to wear and stuff. It's, it's I wear pajamas too. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so How can we give it up? <laughs> we're, we're right there. So, um, you know, it's funny because we're taught, I, I do want to hear, you said 21 employees. I want to hear a look before we move on into Facebook completely. Sure. I want to hear a little bit about just real quick about like, what does the business look like now? Cause there's probably some people who are wondering, but, um, before we would do, I ask you that, I, it's so interesting that we're talking about Facebook because when you went back to the beginning of this story, I remember recently seeing a picture of you and Zach, you shared on Facebook of you guys working on like your first house and you're, you guys are really young. You're like <laughs> sitting there on the floor and as you're yeah. telling the story, and I think the really interesting part of this, as you're telling the story, I can see the image of you guys and how I felt when I looked at that image on Facebook which we're about to talk about when you shared it. So it's like, I'm watching what you guys are doing. I'm hearing about, it, I'm seeing your life in images and stories and pictures online where I'm not even a part of it. So now hearing that again, it took me back to that place where I saw that. And that's, I think a lot of the power of what we're about to talk about today. Exactly. So yeah. Really cool to see that. And um, I knew after that Nashville meeting, we talked a little bit like pre-show about it, but I knew when you guys, that was the first time that I, I had met you. I wasn't in the other group before. I was in the seven-figure flipping group only. So I didn't know a lot of the House Flipping Formula members or any of the other people um, in, the, in like the other groups and that, that Justin had going on. So I remember you guys being there and meeting, like 
I think I had heard you, I think Justin had you on a podcast or something. So I heard that. And then I, I saw you guys there. And then I remember the post that you made on Facebook actually, cause we had the private <laughs> Facebook, right? So it keeps like coming back to Facebook, I guess. Yeah. But you guys posted all these, you were like driving back from Nashville to Charlotte and you were in the car and you took all these pictures of your notes. And it was this, like all these notes. And you were like, I got all this stuff. And I can't wait to go implement all these things. But it, I could see how detailed you were and how much, how you were paying attention to everything during that time and how much it kind of like revolutionized the way that you thought and where you were going to go. And I just knew yeah. that you guys were going to take off. Like it was, Aww. it was obvious. It was there. It was like that. It, that's what happens when people show up, they pay attention, they take notes, they, and then they go implement. Like it was obvious what you were doing in the car. It's like you guys have a second mastermind yep. between the two of you in the car on the way home. And you're already scheming about the things that you're doing. And you're probably like setting stuff up on the way. So that's the action takers and some of the steps that need to happen in order to, to hit the, where, where we're at right now and where you guys have kind of ascended to at this point in your business. So it's, it's interesting to see a lot of the stuff that you were saying on, um, kind of like opening up this, this world that you didn't think was there as you're t telling the story, I'm feeling it in my story. Yeah. Cause I went to that first meeting and it was like, I, I didn't even know that this was things existed like this and this was possible. There were people that were doing those things. And a lot of that stuff for me was just really eye opening. And when you're talking about the house, I could just see it. Like I was in that, house, that room in Dana point, just going, wow. Uh, and I left there going, who else can I tell about this? Like, this is a, like a drug. It, yeah. like, this is, to entrepreneurs, it's like the perfect combination of what they don't know that they need until they get it, you know? A hundred percent. A hundred percent. You don't realize what you need. Yep. And uh, okay. So tell us a little bit about your company and then we'll just that you're flipping in a wholesaling company. Like what kind of deal size, obviously you have 21 employees. So you got to feed those guys. You're probably doing a pretty good volume. Yeah. So, so yeah, it was about 21 employees. Um, we just, this year, the kind of the big thing from starting 2020 is we hired out my position. So I was always the COO um, operations person and we hired somebody out to take that position for me. His name is Matt. I'm very excited about him. And, kind of a little bit of a new year for me, not being on the board of directors and being an owner of this company instead of being like super involved as COOs are. Um, so now that's my position. Um, Better Path Homes is our company name and I'm on the board of directors. There are three partners, my husband, I, me, and um, a really good friend of ours named Jeff Johnson, uh, who we merged, actually merged with last year. So that was kind of interesting. Um, and then we have um, a marketing department, a sales department, which is our acquisitions reps are in. Uh, project management. We are we we flip houses and we do new builds. So we have project manager, one project manager for flips, one project manager for uh, for new builds. Um, then we also have a disposition arm, which is for wholesaling for the properties we get under contract. The dispositions department um, gets them sold, and there's a transaction coordinator in there. And then we have a finance and HR department, which um, has our C CFO. She's kind of an unofficial CFO, but she basically is our CFO, and then she does some HR stuff there too. Um, and off of our marketing department is kind of where our social media REI was born. That's our Facebook company. I have three developers in there that help me kind of just do everything we need to do in that department. And Zach, uh, my husband is also involved. Uh, they're kind of helping with the vision of what we're trying to do. Uh, and then off of, um, off of our real estate company, what developed was a property management company because we have now have amassed rentals and we have, 
30 rentals, something like that. I lost track, which is crazy. But um, so we have, we decided we would start a property management company to manage our own so we could save a little bit of that money and kind of control everything happening there. And then we started managing properties for other people. And then with all of the marketing we were doing and bringing in all these leads, we had more and more retail uh, leads. So we decided to bring on a partner and we started a brokerage. So our main Better Path Homes now oversees our own internal flipping, wholesaling, and new builds. And then we also have under Better Path Homes, Better Path Real Estate Group, and Better Path Property Management. So the idea here is like a three-legged stool. Leads come in and there's we can, we can monetize them any which way. And then we can kind of like double dip within it. So if we wholesale somebody a property, we can also manage it for them if they're buy and hold investors. And, or we can, we can retail list it for them. Um, and same thing with us, like we can move our own properties in between all the internal companies there. So with all that growth, I mean, it took obviously all these years to, to grow that out, but 2019 was a big year for us and, and getting all those and getting the two other companies live underneath um, the Better Path Homes umbrella um, and bringing on like partners within those, like we had to bring in a real estate a partner uh, broker because we're not agents and we had to bring in a property management company, a uh, property manager partner to manage that side. So we've learned a lot about systems and how to get people in charge of certain things. So all that got set up that way. And then um, social media REI, of course, exists there as well as the part of the marketing efforts. Does that make sense? <laughs> yeah, it does. Okay. And if you're, if you're driving, you may have just kind of crashed into the meeting <laughs> going, how do these people do it all? Especially when they're working six days a month and four days a month as uh, in the medical field. Right. So, and it, it took us all these years, you said, which is three. So, uh, just in case you're, <laughs> it feels you're like wondering. a million. It does. It, it feels like a long time, right? But it's pretty amazing when you break it all down and look at it. And frankly, a lot of this was completed in 2019. So the foundation was built in 2017, 2018, but really you guys did a lot of this last year, which is amazing. And yeah. it was awesome to see Jeff and Zach at the uh, uh, Flip Hacking Live this year and give them yep. a seven figure club award and talk Yay. to them about that stuff is really awesome to see. So, um, okay. So, and so don't try that at home. This is my disclaimer. Uh, <laughs> build up to that. A lot of people, I see a lot of people trying to do way too much these days. So yeah. it's just, just be like, they built the foundation, they built it out, they structured it. So this, the idea of bringing Stephanie on here is not to bombard you with all the things that somebody else is doing and lots of uh, capabilities and capacities and things like that. They put the right people in the right place, built out the systems. Yeah. And once you figure that out, I feel like once we crack the code, that's how we, there's so many entrepreneurs that own 20, 30, 40, hundred businesses. Yep. And they can be really successful because they understand how it works and they, they have found the right people and they found the right process and systems. And, they, and then it's just about replicating it. And that's what you guys are doing, which is really amazing. I'm actually jealous of a lot of things you're talking about because it's things that uh, I've wanted to do for years. And, um, and, but sometimes, you know, we, we always think things look better from, you know, grass is always greener on the other side. Right. So, um, it's sometimes we just have to remember what we're doing is great you know, and you guys are doing awesome stuff. We're doing awesome stuff. Everybody that comes on doing some really great stuff and we're all at different places. So for you guys, don't get distracted. Don't get discouraged. Um, remember like we're the goal of this now is we're going to take it to, let's figure out how to show you guys to drive some leads online on Facebook, some of the different things that Stephanie's doing in her company. So you guys can go out and do it too. So what let's give me your like big picture strategy about like kind of Facebook, social media marketing, that kind of stuff. So the big strategy really is built around the fact that first of all, this is a really viral platform. 
So Facebook in and of itself, if you look at it, is, is, is really just a platform for people to make connections on. And that's why it's so addicting. That's why we're on all the time. That's why we have all these friends on it all the time. And, and we find ourselves clicking and liking and commenting on things. Um, it's, it's a very real way to feel like you stay in touch with people. And really that kind of just stems out of my own experience of it. You know, my family's all over the country and I still feel like I see them, you know, and it goes the same way with like the groups that we're a part of. Like I really feel like I'm making meaningful connections and I'm staying in touch with people there in a way that means something to me, like as a human, you know? So that is really that, that real, that realization and just maybe it's not a realization. It's obvious, but, um, I just, that's what kind of sparked the, the thought for me is like, there's a way to make a connection with somebody with a single picture like of my kid, right? My, my, I post a picture of my daughter and my grandma feels like she sees them and knows them. And there's something that, you know, a picture says a thousand words, right? And there's video is even different, even more. So there's gotta be a way to use that as an advertising media to get in front of, of homeowners who don't know us, don't trust us. And in fact, really at that point in, in 2017, 2018, like iBuyers weren't a thing. Investors were kind of slimy and weird and had like a negative connotation, right? So I really felt like if people knew us and just knew that we were real and, and authentic and we actually could help, then, then we could get in the door. So that was the main objective. So the whole thing started for us with just having a Facebook page and just posting what we were doing on there. And there, you know, you guys can follow us if you're interested in looking all the way that back, but it's, it's, um, betters homes is our B E T T E R S H O M E S is our handle for Facebook. You can find it and look at it. But really all we do is pretty basic stuff on our page. And now it's, you know, over the years has gotten a little bit more, um, technical as the algorithm and things have changed. But really all we did when we started was just post pictures of us at houses looking, we did pictures of us and, and, and homeowners. We did videos of us walking through houses. We had even had videos of our kids there. And, you know, what happened when we first started doing this is, you know, someone would call into our company, you know, from off of a letter and they would, you know, have these questions like, what are you about? Like, who are you? What exactly is this like? Like, what do I want to sell my house, but I don't like know if this is an okay way to do it. And who am I going to meet when you send somebody out? And we just started sending people to our Facebook page. Like, I'm going to set an appointment. You know, I was going on appointments then, so was Zach. Hey, Stephanie's going to come out and meet you. But you know, if you kind of want to like research us a little bit in the meantime, check out our Facebook page and all of those, these homeowners who called in had a Facebook by the way. So they would go to our Facebook page and literally almost every appointment I went on that had someone had that we had did that to and said, refer to the page, they would open the door and give me a hug. They'd be like, Oh my God, it's really you. I'm like, yeah, it's really me. <laughs> what do you, who did you expect? You know? And, and I, people had that same connection. They're like, Oh, I know you, you know, like, Oh, you're real. Like you're so, you know, your family's so cute and like your kid. And like they had, a, they had a connection with me. And you know, if, if people liked me, us before we even got there, I knew we we're going to buy this house. Like whatever competition we had, like they don't stand a chance because here we are and you already like us. So we're going to get the deal. And our, our deals were, were better because of it for sure. And then we, then it kind of propagated it itself with taking pictures of the homeowners, getting t testimonials, putting them on there. So then our page started to build and it wasn't really just about us anymore. It was about the homeowners. And that's when I really think that it really took, it really got traction when we, it, the story wasn't about us. The story was about others and the story was about the, their home. Now I feel like we really got some traction and uh, if, if you 
if you guys aren't familiar with story brand, you got to look that up because looking back, I didn't, I didn't get introduced to story brand until years later, but looking back, it makes so much sense. We were really just a guide and the, they were the hero and the, our page became about homeowners and communities and, and all the stuff we were doing and not necessarily about us anymore. And that I think resonated even further. So after we had got this Facebook page up and running and we were just doing organic stuff and we were just really documenting our journey, um, we decided, I decided that there's got to be a way to drive traffic. So I started advertising with ads and, and I tried a lot and a lot failed. And especially that first year when I was trying to figure out how to do it and how to target people, it probably took me a good, about a good year to get actual traffic that people were calling or, or messaging us over. And, um, 20, 2018, first quarter 2018 was when we got our first couple big deals off Facebook. And at that time, nobody else was advertising on Facebook. It was like a brand new thing. People thought I was crazy for doing it. Facebook's for young people, you know, and old people aren't on it. Um, which as you, as everyone I'm sure knows now, that's a farce, right? Um, but we got, we got a huge six figure deal off Facebook. And that's when I was like, we're doing it. We're spending, I'm going to put that money into Facebook advertising and we're going to, we're going to like, we're going to build this thing. Like I'm a, like, this is going to work. This already has worked. And that was the start of ads. Um, ads, you know, continue to be super important alongside of fa your Facebook page and what you, the content you put on there, because that's the, the homeowner and the, the, your target audience's chance to really get to know you and like scroll and listen to stuff. And, I can't say enough about keep doing your Facebook page. Um, I think that's one of the main mistakes people make when they're trying to advertise on Facebook because they don't put any effort into their page at all. Um, but advertising has been exciting. It's been challenging um, with all the changes that happened, especially after the election um, with Mark Zuckerberg going on a trial and all the stuff and all the privacy stuff. Um, a lot of our, we had to, we've had to kind of bob and weave with those changes, which I love problems because I like solving problems. So it's been fine. Um, but we've had to, we've had to lo learn and grow as the platform changed and um, it still uh, continues to be a, a big deal source for us. In fact, historically we get our, our biggest deals from Facebook, like the, as far as margin wise um, last quarter, you know, we just did our annual planning. We did two huge deals. No wait, we decided we did three deals off Facebook. Two were huge. One was a sixty thousand dollar assignment fee, and the other was a forty five thousand dollar assignment fee, just off of Facebook. Um, and our average deal size is like fifteen thousand for wholesales, ten to fifteen, probably over the court. We've had a couple of other big ones, so fifteen is probably our average. So bringing in those kinds of numbers off Facebook, I mean, it's a no brainer. You keep doing it. Um, but I will say, we're getting you know two, three, four deals a quarter off of it. So you've got to be, you got to stay consistent and not be banking on like a weekly thing. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think um, that, I think that's a good thing to point out because a lot of yeah. times what we hear on podcasts like this or uh, in different uh, forums and stuff and on Facebook, frankly, about yeah. Facebook ads is, uh, is people are talking about the big deal that they did, the six figure deal. And they think that's just like consistent and regular where 
it's actually, it's a long-term strategy. It's things that, that are developing over time. And like you said, you're building that foundation with your page too. Yep. So you're, you have, you have a strong presence. So when they click, if you are running an ad, your ad is from the page. So they're clicking from that to, to find more about you sometimes right. before they yep. fill out that form. And you've built that foundation to the fact that they can go down and look at it where yep. maybe somebody coming right out the block is, and one of the things, one of the differentiators that we use is we say, go look at their, go look at their Facebook page, go look at their Google reviews, go look at all of these things and go yep. look at them online. Do they have a presence? Like if you go on ours, you can see the video renovations. You can see our like $5,000 giveaway from the last homeowner that sold their house that we did a quarterly giveaway for five grand and yep. videos and, and reviews and all these things about us. And you can see all that stuff and you can research. And that's just one of the pieces of leverage that we use against but potentially against our comp competition who might not Absolutely. Might just be there because this is an industry now where everybody's trying to jump in, yep. right? So we got to figure out how to stand out. And so I want to go back a little bit to say like, what are some things that they can do to their page? Because like Zig Ziglar has a quote that says, if people like you, they'll listen to you. But if they trust you, they'll do business with you. Yep. So, I mean, really think about that if you're listening to this. Like if people like you, they'll, they'll listen to you, right? But if they trust you, they're going to do business with you. And that goes back to all of those things that you're talking about is if they really feel like they know you, they like you, and they trust you, then they're going to do business with you. And that's what we have to do in anything. It's a people business. Yep. We're working with people. We got to get them to that, to that place where like they legitimately know, like, and trust us. They, like you said, they saw your family and your kids and all these things. And Donald, so that book that you mentioned, Story Brand, it's a, it's a concept. It's a book. It's like Donald Miller, he lives here in Nashville. He puts on different events and stuff with Story Brand. And he's got some free ways that you can kind of yeah. I would read the book. It's a fantastic book. And like you said, you're, you're not the hero, you're the guide, right? They're the hero, you're the guide. You can help them get to the place that they want to go to. And it's really powerful. It's also about simplifying your message and a lot of these things uh, that, that are in there. It's, it's a great book. So I highly recommend you guys read it. Um, but let's go back to that real quick before we move yeah. to the ads is what can some people do? Maybe they don't have a page or they do have a page, but it's been neglected. What do you recommend they kind of put on there? Is it just pictures of their kids, of cats? Is it, is it renovation videos? Like what are the things that you really feel um, would move the needle for those pages? And then how often should that happen? So it's, it's a lot more basic than, than you think really. It's really just anything. And, I, and that sounds like too vague to like even make sense, but it's so true. You just have to put stuff that you're doing on there. And I think that what we do as in general is kind of discredit ourselves. You know, we all feel like I'm not good enough and what I'm doing isn't really important. And this is like mundane stuff. Like I'm sitting at Starbucks and I'm analyzing properties and like that's mundane, right? But it's not, it's actually very interesting to most of your population. Um, so even just that, even just what you're doing today, just take a picture of it and put it on Facebook. Like you're sitting at Starbucks and you're with your coffee and you're on Zillow or whatever you're on MLS. And you can just have a quick thing being like checking out, checking out homes today, excited about what's going on in this community. You know, just a basic thing like that speaks volumes. And so I think number one, you've got to really resonate and you've got to really believe this in your core is like what I'm doing is interesting and what I'm doing people are interested in. So take pictures of that and post that. 
and not every single one is going to be a hit that gets, you know, a thousand views or whatever. Um, but it's enough to build on, you know, so you'll have a post like that where you're at Starbucks looking at Zillow. Um, you'll, then you'll have a post where you're on the outside of a house looking at a house and just building upon that will give your page some content to scroll through and people will see a history of you out in the community doing stuff. And quite honestly, like that's probably the biggest obstacle to overcome because people, and it depends on what kind of market you're in. At this point, Charlotte, um, selling to an investor is a little bit more reasonable of an option or perceived to be more legit because of all the iBuyers and stuff that are here. But that's not the case for everybody. I mean, it's still a little bit unnerving to sell your house to an investor, right? Because people don't know if they're going to get scammed. So you just doing something and you just documenting the fact that you are real and legit and you have a whole like, like page you can scroll down seeing that you're actually out there in the community makes you a lot more credible and trustworthy. And I feel like that's one of the big things that we as investors have to establish, like for even to even get in the door. Most of these people are elderly and, and we want to make sure that, that I'm sure they're self-conscious about what they're doing and how it's perceived from their family. And one of their main fears and objections is they're going to get, you know, taken advantage of because they're older. So like long story short, just post anything. I will say that some of the most successful posts that we've done have been video testimonials of actually talking to homeowners at the closing table and being like, here we are, this, we, we got here, you know, like we met, you know, we asked three questions for testimonials. Number one, what was going on in your life when you contacted us? And generally people kind of start talking about, oh, I got a piece of mail or I was really stressed about this inheritance or I fell behind on mortgage payments. I almost lost everything. And then all of a sudden I met this company. Um, people start talking about their pain. And then number two, what was it like to work with us? Period. What was it like? And generally people say it was easier than I thought. It was, it was pretty, pretty painless. Like they were really helpful, et cetera. And then the third thing we ask is, would you recommend us? And then people generally say, absolutely. I mean, don't, you know, they're fantastic to work for. And then you get a little bit of that review, you know, and it's a very natural way to get people to start talking to you about you. And then you put that on your page and you use even that video as part of a, your funnel for your ads. And that is super successful because it's not about you anymore. It's about somebody else. So it kind of builds upon the layers that you start developing with adding stuff to Facebook. I will say the worst thing you can do, the number one thing you should not do on Facebook is post articles or, and, then, and probably number two to that is post like memes on like hustling and like money and like, but don't do that. Please don't do that. It's, so, it's such a turnoff for, for people in your audience. Um, and you, you should be really concerned your audience being homeowners specifically. So they don't, they don't really care about you hustling. They, they're drowning, you know? So don't, don't post stuff like that or don't post stuff about how much, how much like money you're making or like pictures of entrepreneurs and like suits and Ferraris that does not connect with your audience. So if you could do, do anything, but two things, <laughs> post articles, which are, are totally generic and nobody ever reads, um, unless it's something like super interesting, like a taco Tuesday event, you know, like literally. And then number two, like those, those entrepreneurial, um, wealth thing, pictures and stuff. Don't post that. Just post real stuff. Like post you, post your company, post what you're doing, post the pictures of the people you're helping, post pictures of you holding a contract next to somebody smiling, anybody, anybody on your team working, you know, you know, your lead intake person sitting at their desk, talking on the phone, um, you know, acquisition reps that are sitting around a table, um, having a meeting about 
contracts, you know, literally anything you are physically doing, take a picture of it. Even if you don't have a team, take a picture of, you know, you and your kids at Home Depot picking something out, you know, and, and you'll get that same credibility and likability. And I'll tell you, like, that's all we did in the beginning because we didn't have homeowners. We had pictures of houses that we were visiting and we had our family out there trying to do something, you know, and, and that's all it took. I would, I took a video once of me talking like, hey, I'm about to go to closing. I'm so excited. I've, we've got this house coming up that we're closing on today and I, I just can't wait to get it started. And it's in such a great neighborhood. And like, that's just me talking. You know what I mean? It's not even really a pitch, just nothing. It's just me talking. And so that's really all you have to do for your Facebook page. Um, and then there's a, it's easier than you think in, in the sense that you can schedule it. So even if you have like one day a week where you have like 30 minutes, go through your phone and the pictures on your phone. Cause you're taking pictures of this, of this stuff anyway, like you're out there working. So just sit down, look through your, your photo, your photo screen, uh, scroll, and then just pick a bunch and then schedule posts with just those pictures. And like a quick one sentence, like, look at this, look at this bathtub or whatever it is. It doesn't even, you know, pick, funny things that you're running into. Just, just make sure that you always have like an upbeat, like positive look at things. Like don't, don't hate on people. Don't make fun of people. You know, like look at this terrible trash hoarder house. They're so disgusting. Don't do that. But post a picture and say like, these are the houses that we love to buy. Like I'm so excited about this property. I'm so excited to be in, in here with this homeowner, you know, and because you are and, and because it's what we're doing. And then that will kind of make people who own homes like that, it'll make them feel a little less embarrassed because they know that you, you're happy about it and you're excited to be out there. So post stuff like that with just like a little bit of an upbeat attitude and, and an excited attitude and it's so contagious. And by the time that you know people look through any of that and you arrive there, they already feel like they know you. They, they've seen what you've done and you'd be surprised how much people you know watch and how much people look at what you're doing. Um, you know, especially especially our audience, if anything, you know, what do you do when you're anxious? Like when you're super anxious about something and like, maybe it's your business. And I'll tell you this from personal experience. Like there's been many nights that I can't sleep because something's going on in my company that I'm worried about. I'm worried about an employee. I'm worried about a flip. Like, is it going to close? Whatever it is. Like I'm stressed about it. I'm laying in bed on Facebook. Like, let me just find something to look at to distract myself. Like maybe there's a picture of a cute kid. Maybe there's a whatever. And I'll find myself like clicking on videos and like watching stupid videos just to distract myself because I can't fall asleep. So what do you think the motivated seller is doing that's stressed? They're not sleeping. They're on Facebook too looking for some anxiety medicine, you know? And what they're going to stumble across is your page and you guys being nice, and it's going to hit them at the right time, just like the mail hits them at the right time for some reason. And they're like, oh, I can actually I can actually talk to somebody about this. Like there's somebody who knows, and they seem like they're real. They seem okay. They seem nice. You know, and then you're in, and you're the only, you're the only one in. Um, you know, another, another point to say here is there's, there's something to be said about somebody who's willing to be vulnerable online. And, and being vulnerable online is maybe just, being online. You know, if you're thinking about, you know, who you're going to do business with, are you going to do business with somebody who has a picture of them there or a picture of their family or a picture of anything they've done? Or are you going to do business with somebody who has a corporate looking, very basic, almost no personal information page? You're, I mean, that person, that doesn't feel very accessible. It feels almost like, who are they? Who's going to show up at my house, you know? But I'm going to go with a company who has a picture of what's actually going to happen, 
You know what I mean? Like it, it may not seem like that's vulnerable, but it is like you put a face out there and, and that's what people want. People, we all want personal connections. So, um, don't hide behind the computer and don't feel self-conscious about what you're doing because it, it really does connect with people. And I, I feel like I'm spending so much time talking about this because this is the, the thing that I feel like, you know, when I'm talking to people, this is the thing that is hard, the hardest to get over is just how basic it is and how interesting it is what you're doing. And just doing this one thing will make a huge impact. And even if you don't do Facebook ads, like take that completely out of the equation. Let's just say you're advertising in general. Let's say you're still mailing. You can cross brand and just be like, hey, check out my page. When they call, if you have any questions like about who we are, like, ah, I just want a ballpark offer. I don't really know what I'm doing. Okay, well, you know, while you're exploring, why don't you just go look at our Facebook page? Or same thing with like, you set an appointment. Like if you are interested in, in learning a little, little bit more about us before we get out there, like check out some of the videos we have on Facebook or whatever. And people will go there, even if you're not advertising on Facebook directly, if you just use it as an organic site. So long story short, post something positive about what you're doing. Yeah. So one, one thing that, that I'll recommend is, is to hack the pros. We talk about this all the time. Stephanie mentioned her Facebook page, like go like her Facebook page right now and go see what she's doing. Go uh, copy it. Exactly. I mean, you take it. That's it. And you'll see what that looks like. You can go look at our page. It's uh, facebook.com slash blackjack estate. So blackjack real estate was taken. It's out of some guy in like Germany. I'm trying to get it, but it's blackjack estate. And so what I just saw, and I, I did this, and I do this everything that I do. I just look at whatever, what's everybody else doing? And how can yeah. I take what I like and work and, and make it better and make it mine? And so I've liked pretty much everybody that's doing things at a high level inside the seven-figure group. I like all of their corporate pages. So I'm watching, and when something pops up, so I see everything that they're doing. I get ideas from it. It gives me some strategy. And yesterday, I just saw Ariane Lemire and her team. They had this huge check this huge check that they, that they created and they wrote how much money they had donated in 2019, had their whole team there and it was over 51,000. And on the bottom in the memo line, it said uh, like donated to the children. And their post was, I'm so proud of my company. We donated over $51,000 to help kids this year. I can't wait to see what we're able to do next year. And to me, if I'm a seller and I'm looking at that and I'm saying, whoa, like this company is doing something in my community for children, assuming they are pro-children, they really like kids, they are, they, they're probably moved a lot more to do business if it's 50-50 or they're, they're on the fence with somebody else or even if the offer is a little bit less. You know, I, I would sway personally, the kind of person that I, more towards a company like that than I would to someone that's got pictures of themselves in front of their Lamborghini or in a suit or a Ferrari or, or nothing or no, no image at all or nothing. So, like, number one, I really encourage you to hack the pros with all of this stuff, especially online. It's so easy to go down these paths. And so if you know people, um, I keep using better and path and it's kind of funny. It's, <laughs> see, oh, you like that? You see just, that? You got me. It's like pun <laughs> central. So, um, so go, go jump on our pages. And this is not like, uh, you know, Stephanie's not just boosting her following, right? It's like, it's like, let's get, let's figure out how to, to work together. I always see ideas that other people have that I think are just gold mines and I'm going to implement it in my system and they see some stuff that we're doing. And that's what this is all about. I mean, that's, that's how this kind of mastermind group and this idea formed, right? This is how yeah. my business, this is why I'm even here, right? Yep. I, without, without all of that, then 
I don't have a Facebook page. We're not, I certainly don't have a microphone. So uh, I think it's really exciting stuff when, what, what I realized was um, when we're talking to these different people on the page, a lot of the questions that I always got, and I'm going to, I'm going to ask it to you now. I want to hear what your response is, but who people are always confused. Like I create this Facebook page. Do I need one for buyers? Do I need one for sellers? And do I need one for lenders? Like who's my avatar on my Facebook page? I feel like I heard it just now in your answer. But for those people that just listen to all of that and are asking the same question in their head, I'm sure somebody's like, well, do I need to create three different pages or two pages or what is that like? Oh, I love this question. And it's such a good question because people ask me this all and people ask me this all the time. So you should have one Facebook page, in my opinion, of course. Um, you should have one Facebook page. And in general, your avatar should be your homeowner, the, the motivated seller. That should, be your, that should be the person that you think about directing you know, or addressing in every single one of your posts. And what you'll find with that is it, it satisfies the other two audiences that you're interested in. The other two audiences that most people are interested in are buyers for your deals, for wholesale deals, and, this, and of course, lenders. And the reason why it is still appealing to those, those subgroups is, number one, it's going to appeal to lenders because you're doing what you're advertising to them that you're going to do with their funds, and you're positive, and you're helping people, and you're a good person, right? Which is what you're like still trying to, you're trying to put out there. Um, which is hopefully true. <laughs> um, they're like, hey, this lender, I can trust them because look, they're doing it, number one. And look, they're nice and accessible and relatable people. So you're going to satisfy that, 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 um, that itch that that lender is going to want to scratch because the, they are trusting you with $100,000 or however much they're trusting you with. Like that's pretty much the same thing that a homeowner is doing. They're trusting you with the sale of their house. Like still a big deal, but a lender is not going to want to invest with you unless you can prove that you're doing what you're doing. So your entire Facebook page is a huge credibility packet. You know, anyone who wants to invest with you, check out our Facebook page. Look how much stuff we're doing and look at our product. You know, I, I encourage you to post your after pictures before and afters are always a great post for engagement across the board. And, and there your lender will see your completed pro, your completed product, pro, product <laughs> and they're going to see how good it is, right? They're going to say, oh, wow, they do a really good job. So I feel safe in lending to you. And the, the other audience that is satisfied here is, is the person who you're going to sell your deals to because they're going to see that you're active, that you're getting deals, that you know how to talk to homeowners, and they're going to trust that you're going to be able to bring deals to sell to them. So they're going to be interested in following you and, and seeing what you're, what you're doing. Um, another thing that we do on our Facebook page that, that, is it maybe a little bit unique is, is we run a meetup group uh, for, for, we call it advanced rehabbers. And we don't really talk about the meetup group on our page, but what we do is sometimes we host investor events. Uh, we did one recently. We try to do it like once a quarter where, you know, we're big wholesalers here and we have a decent audience and people who are interested in what we're doing in our company. So every quarter we do an investor walkthrough when we bring them through a, a renovation project or a new build project. And we just kind of like educate people on, on what the rehab is like and whatever. So sometimes we'll post on our page, like a picture of us training all of our real estate investors, uh, friends who are local and other wholesalers or whatever. And that, you know, kind of, kind of demonstrates some local authority, like expert authority. It helps other seller, other, other, um, buyers see that like, okay, we know what we're doing and we're credible. And I see homeowners, it shows homeowners that, that we're, that we're okay with being out there in the community and having people walk through our prop, our project and they get excited that their house could possibly be like a, a spectacle. 
believe it or not, I can't tell you how many times people are like, oh, are you going to post before and afters on your page? Because uh, I'll, I'll share it so my family can see. And like, they're proud of what you're doing too. You know, they want to see their house be some part of something cool. So, and of course, lenders will see, will see the same thing. They'll see, hey, there's a lot of people like they, these guys, these guys know what they're doing. So really just having one page is important um, because you don't have to worry about separating your audiences, but if you have one page and all your audiences are engaged on that page, you're going to have more overall engagement and better organic post organic ranking on Facebook on the newsfeed. And that's something that Facebook is really sensitive to with business pages. You know, they did this big survey. I want to say it was in, I think it was in 2019, early 20, about a year ago where they surveyed Facebook users and asked them how they feel about seeing businesses in their newsfeed. And most users said that they'd rather see their family and friends in their newsfeed versus a business in their newsfeed. So it, it, they, what Facebook did is they kind of cut down um, showing people's business pages. So now how you overcome that is by having a lot of engagement and a lot of views and video views and clicks and things like that. So you don't, if you separate your audiences too much, you're inherently going to decrease the number of engagement on a given post according to Facebook on that single page. So you want to drive as much traffic as you can to a single page from your target audience. And with that being said, you want to make sure that people who like your page are engaged. So it's actually probably a detriment to me to have a million people follow my page and then not engage with it because then Facebook will say I'm not as relevant. Um, so, um, Anyway, it's, it's okay that everybody can follow me and, and rip off our stuff. I, I highly encourage you to do so, but I want you to know that's not my goal. My goal is to get in front of my actual audience and have them feel like the content there is relevant. So, because that's actually what's going to help, you know, so, um, try to direct everybody in one place. So I love the, I love the idea of becoming the, um, like becoming the authority. Yep. Doing these walkthroughs and trainings. I think it's, that's genius. Um, I just stole that and wrote it down. So, and the other thing I take from this is just know your avatar. Like yep. who's your customer avatar? Know to them and then speak to them. Like the, it should revolve around them. And what you're going to find, just like Stephanie said, one of the biggest returns that I've gotten on when I was really engaged and posting on my Facebook page when I was actively involved in the business was the lender uh, response. Oh yeah. That was the, that was the underlying thing that I didn't expect to get. But as we were doing these video walkthroughs and stuff like that, it was just amazing at different stages of the renovation project. My lenders were watching it yeah. and they were, they were checking the progress. And so I didn't have to update them as often. 100%. I found and I used to update them like monthly. Then I just went to quarterly. And then I just was kind of like, Hey, just check the page. You know, right. This is your house. You can just watch the page and we'll do walkthroughs for you three, four times during the project. And so knowing that avatar and, and speak to them. So you mentioned kind of post engagement and stuff like that. Is there, yeah. is there certain like things that get more engagement? And then is, is there a tool maybe that they can use to check engagement on their page? Yeah. So Facebook itself has a lot of internal tools. So my first little disclaimer here is there are third-party vendor tools who will help you with engagement and posting. Um, I don't recommend them because Facebook wants people on their platform. They don't want you using other people's tools. So like Hootsuite was a pretty popular one. Uh, it's better than nothing, it's, but that's about all it's better than. <laughs> and, and you can do the same functionalities on Facebook itself. So don't be tempted to, to do that um, and to use other party, other vendors because Facebook is very smart in the sense that they want to be able to advertise how many hours people are physically on their site. So they want you that way and they, they will, they, they cut you off the knees if you use any other tool. So 
Facebook itself has something called page insights, and it's a lot of really great data on how many people like or watch or uh, engage with your posts and how many followers you have and how many people like you and, and dislike your page, you know, cause you'll have, you'll have followers that unlike your page if it's not relevant to them. So going to your page insights is there's a lot of information there. And quite honestly, I think it's the most, I think that has the best information as opposed to any other tools that you can use. Um, as far as posts that get the most engagement, um, I have a whole list I could just, I could just share with you. Maybe you can put it in the, into, um, page notes, into the show notes. I mean, but some of the big ones are anything involving a poll or a question. People, I don't know if you, I don't know if you know this, if you've noticed this bill, this may be a shock, but people like to say their opinion on Facebook. Huh? People love to share. Weird. Isn't that funny? No. So, you know, posting anything that asks people their opinion always does really, really good. Um, and it can be as, it can be as simple as like, which one do you like better? A or B? And then people will come at A, B, A, B, C, D, D. And it can actually be really, really helpful. And we've actually made decisions design wise based on that. Like our project managers will be like, what do we do? What do like post it on Facebook and ask. And then we'll get like 20, we'll just literally use that to make our, make our decision. So it helps us with our end product too, but also helps with our engagement. So people love that. Um, people also like, especially kitchens, like which kitchen do you like better? A or B? Um, one of the, one of a really good posts that we had was, um, uh, we asked people if they prefer a master bedroom up or down, but that was a pretty divisive post. So try to find your, try to find something that like you yourself, like argue about or think about and have an opinion about and, and ask people on Facebook. Um, in fact, the more divisive, the better. Um, and that, but with that, you may get like a little negative, but people will say like, I hate master down because oh whatever. Um, but that's a, that's a really good post. So take that right now and go ask people on Facebook what they prefer, and I swear you'll get a bunch of you'll get a bunch of responses. Um, so those opinion based posts are always really good. Um, and other posts that are really good are um, before and afters. Those those generally get a lot of likes and they get a lot of comments. And um, posting um, a listing and asking asking people what they think about it. Uh, like for example, we did um, we did a post on a house that we did, it was kind of like a, a farmhouse and we did something different in this house and we put um, brick floors in the kitchen. So when we first posted the picture and you guys have probably, you'll become more aware of this kind of like clickbait that people do to get their articles. Like people have like this weird article title and then like you kind of feel like you want to click on it. So we started doing that here and there. Don't do it. Don't do it frequently because it'll annoy people. But uh, with our renovation. So I posted the, the, the link to see the, to see the house. And I said, um, we did something special in this kitchen. Let me know what you think. And the post was of course, a, a picture of the front of the house. So we got more clicks to that because I asked people like about something specific within it. So they had to view it to see what it was I was talking about. And there's a special little, little hack there with Zillow that I'll get to in just a second. But what you want to do is engage people to you want to encourage people to engage with your posts. So that means they need to look at your picture, click on your picture, comment, like, et cetera. Those, those are, those count for engagements. Just the physical looking at like one, the, if you have just one picture and like you're scrolling and you see one picture and people keep scrolling, that does not count as engagement. If, but if you have like three pictures and people want to click on the third picture, that counts as engagement, like getting someone to click. So try to be a little, a little bit, um, um, aware of what an engagement is. But anyway, so posting a link for someone to click counted as engagement. 
So that was great. And we got a lot of really great feedback about the kitchen and the bricks that we did. And then we had some really kind of cool discussion in our comment section. Um, but what it also did um, that I kind of figured out a little bit earlier is hacked some of Zillow's um, popularity rankings. So we started doing this um, back really when we first started flipping. Like when we, I first started doing this, I would share our um, Zillow uh, listing in our, on our page and I would share it on like, you know, other Facebook groups and like, Hey, this house is now available or whatever. And what I noticed is Facebook, the, the Zillow views went up because I started directing people from Facebook over there and Zillow came out with, uh, I think it was last year. They came out with tags and one of their tags is, is new, which I'm sure you've all seen. Another one is called popular. So if you direct a lot of traffic to your Zillow listing. When people just are on Zillow organically looking for a house, they're going to click on something that says popular because, oh, why is this one popular? And they'll click on it. So one way you can double dip is not only will you get engagement on your Facebook page, but you'll also drive a ton of traffic to a Zillow listing and then you'll start getting Zillow uh, rankings and you'll, you'll start hitting that Zillow algorithm and Zillow will then share your stuff more. So, and that's all free. So I encourage you to, 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 sh to share on your Facebook page the listings that you have. I specifically share Zillow for that reason. I know a lot of people share their MLS link, um, but I like to double dip everything but chips. So when, when sharing, <laughs> when not sharing, I'll double it. But if you can get extra engagement on Zillow and get some of that free organic stuff, I highly recommend you doing that as well. Well, I'm a huge Seinfeld fan, so I just want to jump into that quote. I, you I double yep. dip the chips. So, yeah, uh, I've been mentioning Seinfeld the last couple podcast episodes. So I love that's that show. It's one of my favorite shows. Yeah, it's the best. So, <laughs> uh, you know, we talked about a lot of the stuff kind of engagement. You mentioned a list. So if you send that to me, we'll put it in the show notes. We'll find a way to get it to you guys. It might be like we can set up a link to, for you guys to go get it yep. um, and make sure that you do. And so we'll take care of that. Because uh, I've seen that list and I think it's, it's really cool. Uh, there's a lot of stuff in there that you wouldn't normally think about and it gives you lots of options and it, it allows you to kind of mix it up a little bit. When yeah, we're get not some ideas. We're not necessarily the most creative animal. At least I'm not. I know that for a fact. So let's, let's move to some ads. So we talked about this yeah. kind of organic uh, traffic. And you, do you have some more time? I know we're going a little bit over. So No, it's okay. I'm here, yeah. Okay. So I know we, we talked about some of this organic traffic and I, I can tell we could just, we could definitely talk for hours and hours on this stuff. There's so yeah. much to, to, to do here. So we, we talked about uh, the engagement. We talked about some of the stuff on the organic side of things. And anybody can do this, right? You can do it for free. You guys also help people with that too, which we'll Absolutely. talk about at the end for yep. those folks who don't want to do it. But so, so ads. Now we're moving to ads. And I'd like, I want to talk about today. So it, it, we could talk about what's the, what it's been like for the last couple of years. But today moving forward, like what is it like? Because... I, I personally feel, and obviously I'm not I'm doing this every day. I'm not in this industry, but I feel like what it used to be is when you're scrolling down, the, the idea was to stop people from scrolling and get them to click on something. And it was something that kind of like shocked your system to make you stop. Do you feel like that is the same type of strategy to use today with ads or is it now more to blend in because people are so pissed off at all the sponsorships and ads and stuff like that. They actually just want to go past it. Um, no, I think, I think that people still want, I don't think you need to shock anybody. And I don't think you ever want to blend in and marketing. You always want to find a way to stand out and, and get people's attention. So, um, I think if you're going to stand out though, you should stand out in a, um, 
authentic way. So like clickbait, people hate clickbait, of course, you know, so you don't want to mislead people and that's how you're standing out. You know what I mean? So I think, I think what we are really charged to do, especially with Facebook and, and their changes with relevancy and, and privacy and things like that is to just be really relevant and to, and to catch people, but not, it's funny because you don't want to be too relevant or it's creepy. Like, wait a minute, does, is Facebook listening to my conversation? I'm like, how do they know that I'm, you know, in foreclosure? How do they know that I'm getting divorced? Um, which of course you kind of run this, run into the same thing with mail and other, and other avenues. People want to feel like they're getting something that is meaningful, but they don't want to feel like they're getting their privacy invaded. So uh, I think you need to stand out. I think you need to get your message out quickly. You people like people have like, you have like 0.5 seconds. Like you really don't have any time to get anybody's attention. Um, but you don't want to be misleading or too, too blendy. Like you just want, you want to make like a, you want to make your, your, your point quickly. I think is the best way I can articulate that. So what, um, so I know that we don't have enough time to go through all the demographics and all the lists and things like that, but if somebody's going to do this on their own, what, is there some recommended maybe, um, research that they do a little bit of self-learning, um, like when, when's the right time to kind of dive in to start spending money? Because I know that there, like, a lot of people are scared of this, right? It's, it seems to be really like way too hard for anybody to do on their own. And maybe I'm just speaking from my experience, but like, can somebody do this on their own at a certain level? And then what's your recommendation for them to do that? Okay. So to answer the first part of your question, like demographic stuff, I'm going to make it super easy because you can't do anything. Uh, Facebook recently implemented uh, equal housing authority laws, which kind of was what came across, what came part of their big re privacy revamp. And before you used to be able to target age and target, you know, male or female target lists of people that you have in your company. You can't do that anymore at all. Like literally at all. You can only target location. So, you know, I can target Charlotte versus the whole country. So that's basically all that you can do as far as demographic settings go. Um, the only way you cannot do that is if you get around being classified as a housing ad, which is difficult to do. And if you get caught doing that, you'll lose your entire ad account. Uh, they shut you, you, they shut you down completely and they call you, um, mis they, they say they shut it down because you have of misleading practices and that's kind of hard to get over once they, once they nail you with that. And once they, you nail you with that, even if it, even if it was accidental or whatever, like you can't get over it. So you can't, you can't do any demographic targeting. So what you do from that is just be, be relevant and build a funnel of audience members, basically. So um, you can do this by yourself. I recommend doing it. I mean, I, it's, been, it's been successful for us, but I think that the general advice of, you know, how do you know when you're ready to advertise on Facebook is, number one, do you have a runway? Like, do you have any sort of savings to, to even start advertising? Like, I don't want anybody to take their last hundred dollars and spend, you know, to, you know, start to try to build stuff by themselves, you know, but if you can spend even $5 a day for with a very basic ad or even just promoting your page, I think you'll find you get an ROI on it. Um, it's kind of like anything. I mean, you've got to be able to have a budget to do it and you've got to be able to be consistent. Um, and, and kind of hang in there as some things take some time, you know, some people hit gold right away. Some people take a couple months to get a deal. Um, and you've got to have the, like the psychological, 
uh, stamina to kind of go through that. And you also have to have your wallet to be able to withstand that. So nothing, there's no magic bullet, you know, newsflash. There's not one thing you can do that changes everything in the world. Um, everything is, is a combination of everything else. So you, you want to approach Facebook marketing the same exact way. You want to have a, a little bit of a stomach to, to let things take action, take place, and then make decisions probably quarterly. Um, so, you know, there's a bunch of different things you can do. My personal strategy that I think works the best is building Facebook funnels. Um, Facebook funnels does not mean directing them outside of Facebook, but that means um, basically sorting your audience by engagement because we can't do anything, any sort of demographic targeting anymore at all. All we can really do is target people based on what they've liked in the past and what they've, what they've watched, what they've engaged with in the past. So that's what we do. We have up to three tiers of, of funnels, um, depending on the size of the market that you're in. Uh, believe it or not, Charlotte only needs two tiers. I've, I've found, I've, you know, messed with it a lot and, and try to figure out what the, you know, 80, 20 rule is here. And two, two, uh, steps is fine. Number one, you just want to get people engaged. You want people to watch a video. You want people to connect with something that you've posted. And then the second funnel is based on the people who's, who have interacted with the first ad, they get the second ad, which can be a lead form. It can be a messenger, uh, ad. Um, I, I, I have a big fan. I'm a, I'm a big fan of messaging, um, because you get to start a conversation. Um, so I think that's the best way to do it is the first funnel be engagement based and the second funnel be, you know, dependent on that first ad. And you can do that with, with the targeting there. You can say, you know, 25% video views or more, uh, Facebook page engagement, et cetera. You can pick that and then base that ad, only show that, that ad to those people. And then either you can direct them to a lead form to fill out or you can direct them to, to the Facebook messenger conversation um, and then you can start talking to them there or you can call them back after they, after they fill out a form. Um, doing a two-step like that um, will take out all the, all the people who are not really interested in what you're doing and you won't pay for that click and then you won't waste your time on an unqualified lead. Um, but with that being said, whenever you set up a funnel, there's going to be some time for people to kind of like make their way through it. Um, people don't always click on the ad the first time they see it. You know, even though it was relevant to them the first time they saw it, the second ad, they may not click on right away. They may have to see that every day for a month before they click on it. Um, so that's what I mean. You've got to be able to, to stomach that, you know, and be really consistent. Um, I've worked with, at this point, hundreds of real estate investors in, in, in the U.S. and Canada. And the number one mistake I see for people who, who, who don't, don't, I don't really want to say fail because it's not failing, but who can't sustain ads and, and change their minds are the people who turn them on and off, who come back and then stop, who do it for two months and then oh, I can't really afford it. I'm getting into like a cash crunch. I just need something to work right now. Um, you never want to be in that position where you need something to work right this second or else blank, you know, you never want to be in that situation. So what you do is you just do what you can and what you can stomach and what you can do for a quarter before you evaluate how it's going to work for you. And you do all the free stuff. But that's, that's kind of like the best possible combination that you can, that you can put together. Um, I think that, I think that a lot of um, entrepreneurs are super, super action takers and like not very detail oriented. And I don't mean that in a negative way because I need, I need that. That's who my husband is. And I need him to come up with crazy ideas for us to, you know, break into houses and paint mold so we can actually get here, you know, but we also need somebody in your life to kind of like check you in the sense of like, 
you need to make decisions based on data and based on time. And you don't ever want to put yourself in a situation where you're like making decisions off of feeling and like, Oh, I don't know if there's any money in the bank and I got to stop everything. And then, okay, I'm now I'm ready to restart. And that's really not necessarily Facebook advice. That's just kind of like generalized marketing advice. You know, um, I don't think that Facebook is inherently much different than any other channel in that sense. Yeah. So you talked a little bit about this funnel. So uh, just yeah. for the like layman that's listening uh, and like me, like I don't do this stuff. So I have to think about what this is like. So it's a video that, that there, that you create or something. It, typically it's a video that a lot of marketers are using now and they're talking about how much of that video. So if I'm scrolling through Facebook, I click on that video and I watch the video. Now the back end person who's running that ad can say, okay, I only want people that watch 50% or more of this video to see my next ad. Correct. And now what happens is when Stephanie talks about a funnel, if you just look at this funnel in your hands, it's kind of like it just gets smaller and smaller down towards the bottom, right? So all you're doing is sectioning off your list to the people who are more engaged, who are more interested. They become a more relevant person to you so that you can then push potentially ads that might cost more money to those people because yep. you have a much smaller subset. So you're not going to hit them as many times. And it's you, since you're paying per person that clicks on it or per person that fills things out, then it costs a little bit less and less and less over time. Correct. You run the cheap ad in the front and then the more expensive ad to a much tighter audience that is like basically binging on your stuff. If you think yep. about, think about the shows that you watch, you, you open Netflix and you click on uh, the, the, the previews and you just scroll through them and you look at one and you look at one and then you watch a three minute trailer for it and you're like, okay, that's interesting. I'm going to watch a three minute trailer for another. And of those 20 shows, you watch two, three minute trailers. You're most likely to watch one of those two shows and then start binge watching the episodes. And then when you watch one episode, if you don't like it, you never watch it again. Like, you know that that's not kind of your audience. So the right. way that it's kind of like that when you're, when you're thinking about, running your ads and how you're going to structure it and have different levels where you can spend different amounts of money. If you just run that, the front end ad that's expensive to a ton of people, you're going to end up spending your budget really fast and likely having no conversions. So, um, and then just, I'd like to piggyback on the big picture marketing strategy. I love that you, you said, wait till you're ready. Wait till you have a runway. Wait till like that. This is exactly what we teach. Like we rolled out this, this seven figure runway group. And they're the folks that are just getting going and getting up to speed and starting to build a business. And I see a lot of times people will try to do three or four different marketing channels and they'll just put a little bit in each. So my recommendation to anybody is really like, like you said, go to all the free stuff first or all the cheap stuff. Or if you have a lot of time now, if you have a lot of money, then you could ramp up your, your marketing, but marketing is, is a long-term effort. It's not a short-term get rich quick game. And a lot of people think it is, and they think they can just flip the light switch on because they started running Facebook ads or sending mail or doing pay-per-click or any of the things, SEO or anything that we're going to talk about here uh, on this series, but it's not, it's not fast. It's, it can't, like, like Stephanie said, it could be fast. Like you could get lucky. And sometimes that hurts people because they expect that to happen over and over and over again. Yep. And like me, it took me four and a half m- months to get my first $10,000 in the bank. And I had, fortunately I had a six month runway. If I had a three month runway, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be here. I would have quit. And a lot of times what I find is people just budget for that month or two and they have to hit gold. And if they don't, then they're, it's bust. Exactly. You've really got to have a plan. And then when it becomes successful, then you could start either adding more to that budget 
or you can pick another channel. What I love is the fact that this marketing can start building on itself. Mm-hmm. So I started in mail, then I went to pay-per-click, then we went to Facebook. So it was like that. That was my progression. Somebody else might start in Facebook and then go to pay-per-click and then go to mail if they want. They might never yeah. go to mail. They might go to cold calling or texting or lots of different things that people are doing now. And just, I put together an entire marketing series in our seven-figure runway, all these videos for people. And it was this is what every different channel is like. And I interviewed an expert and we just put people in there on that stuff. And then from there, they can choose what the best fit is for them. Correct. What the best, like, I love that this is not going to be the best fit for everyone. That's why we're doing a whole series on this with lots of different people talking and getting you excited about it. Now, don't go pick every single one of them and go do it. Pick the one that resonates with you the most and that you feel you could be the most effective at in the beginning if you're getting going. Now, if you're already ramped up and you're doing 100 deals a year, yeah, sure. You should be putting money into lots of different channels and finding, and then looking at the KPIs, looking at the numbers and determining what is your best producing marketing channel. And you might have to cut one off, but don't forget, it's a big thing here that if you cut the one off that you don't think is performing very well, you might be shocked at the results because if you don't know, like really know where your people are coming from, that's a problem because I've seen lots of people do mail and pay-per-click then they shut off their, they say, my pay-per-click is killing, but my mail's not working and they shut off their mail and their whole business goes down because the people that were coming through that were Googling their company name were Googling it because they got a mailer and they I didn't just, know was, because they I didn't. I just had to say that too. Yeah. A, a huge, a huge part of this is kind of like, you can't get too, like I'm a KPI person. Like I'm a data <sighs> person. Okay. So like there's my disclaimer, but sometimes actually hyper analysis of a single KPI will hurt you because you don't realize what part it's playing in the big picture. And I, I really think that the most successful way to, to create a branding strategy is to create some cross branding. Like you're saying, you don't, sometimes you take for granted how much cross population you're getting with the different marketing strategies, you know, and, and you take that for granted if you just like, hyper analyze one like well how many clicks did I get this month on this one thing you know you got to look at it in the bigger picture in the bigger scheme of things and actually really talk to people like at the closing table like well how did you really hear about us like what what made you call or whatever you mean actually go just take a second and ask the person how they found you like that's amazing (laughs) I mean every let's just use in every time we sit down at the closing table I teach my team it's just how did you find us? And we think they're a pay-per-click ad, but they're, they're, they're a mailer. Yep. Or we think they're a mailer and they're something else completely. They're, a, you know, texting or, or cold calling or like those ones are, oh, cold calling is pretty obvious. But it's, and same thing in the seven-figure flipping mastermind. I would, I would go to the mastermind meetings and just, hey, how did you hear about the mastermind? And they'd say, oh, I don't know. I think I got like targeted on a Facebook ad. Or they would tell me the exact ad that they, that resonated with them that they absolutely loved when we were running a ton of ads. And it's just, it's just amazing to see what a simple conversation can have because you have all these expectations and all the time we're like building out these systems. But again, go back to the beginning, this people business, just ask the people and then ask the person what resonated with them about the ad. Like, what was it? Yeah. What really got you? Well, Hey, you know, I was, or what, what about the postcard made you call? Like, this is just, all the post game analysis that you can do for this stuff is going to make you, this is what, this is what the other investors, the other, the rest of the competition, the other people that we're playing this game with in our market are not doing. 
So that's the leg up that you can get on this stuff. So what else, like, I, I want to make sure that we covered like from the ad side, anything else people might ask before we, uh, just check off what, is there anything that I missed or anything that you want to cover on that piece, that side of things? I mean, I could talk about this for a long time, so I, I don't want to go too crazy. Um, I, th I think that that's pretty, I, mean, I think we covered a lot. You know, I, I just, I really want to emphasize that there's a, a macro level and a micro level and, and you really can't do one without the other. So just generalized marketing advice. You just, you need to look at everything on, on, a, on a macro and a micro and make decisions with actual data and overall company health. You know what I mean? Like, are we getting enough leads? And if you are, then don't take for granted how some things may be overlapping and don't take for granted talking to people and just asking them real questions. And then if you could, you know, get a testimonial about it, do it, you know, and I just can't, I can't stress enough doing free stuff um, and putting in the time and, and going deep with stuff, you know, and you don't have to go deep with everything, go deep with the stuff that resonates with you or how you have an opinion about or that you connect with, but take the time to actually do something well. Um, it's so easy to just chase shiny objects and chase bouncing rabbits, you know, but pick a couple and do them really well. And I think that, you know, talking to everybody in the mastermind and kind of my own experience, I think in general, people find themselves with three main channels and then they kind of dabble outside of that. So I think if you can get yourself to a point in your, in your organization where you have three, then you'll find that one is always ebbing, the other is always flowing. And even if you're super consistent, that's going to happen. Like there'll just be a good month for pay-per-click, or there'll be a really good month for mail. And then, you know, you did zero different, right? But one is, there's always some sort of ebb and flow. So set yourself up for three channels, I think. Um, you don't have to do that right out of the gate, but slowly build that over time. And when you have a runway and when you can do it well and when you can pay attention, and don't count on like, this has to work or I'm done, you know, don't set yourself up for that. If you, if you're in that position where it, this just has to work, then you need to do the free stuff. You have to do the free stuff. And if you don't have the time to do it, then that you, what you invest in is your company and, and the people in your company to do stuff that you don't have time to do. Yeah. I think that's sage advice. I mean, that's it. That hits the nail on the head for anything that we're trying to get across here in this group. And the mindset of the people that we have inside the mastermind group, because there's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of differing opinions out there and marketing. And Stephanie, you and I were talking about this in the beginning. Everybody's got an opinion, right? Yep. But, and, and what I said was we, when you have strong opinions, you have, you have earned the, like, I feel like I now have an opinion. In the beginning, you have no opinions. You're just, hey, Stephanie told me to do this, so I'm going to go do this. And yeah. she's the expert. And she is the expert, right? She's the Facebook expert. So she says, go get engagement, go post organically on your page, go build, go do it. And eventually you can say, you know what? I have an opinion on this because I've become successful. I've gotten a lot of deals on Facebook and I'll stand toe to toe with anybody else about why I'm doing what I'm doing. And that's the coolest thing about this is where you, you have kind of grown into all these different roles and this experience, and then you finally have an opinion and you are not afraid to share it <laughs> at this point, right? <laughs> not you, but I mean the figurative you, you're right. Yeah. So uh, Seth Godin said, marketing is no longer about the stuff you make, but the stories you tell. So marketing is no longer about the stuff that you make. And for us, that's the houses, that's like all the stuff, but it's the stories that we're telling. That's what's drawing people in. The no like and trust side is so big. This is a people business and there's really no better place right now to have our talk show and tell our stories than on Facebook. 
I and, totally agree. And, and other, other platforms too. We didn't even get into Instagram and some of the YouTube stuff and things like that. But there's the, each one of these channels brings something a little bit different. The interesting thing that I see about Facebook is pretty much, it, you know, it's, it la- other than ads, my organic stuff lasts for a time, but then it just goes down. It's like, it's like gone over time. So that's why you need to keep adding information and content. You have to keep running your episodes on your channel over and over and over again. You can't expect, like, they'll see the top bit, but nobody's going down like three years to check out what you did three years ago. So, a lot of times that can help you because you might not have, uh, you might have skipped two years and had a bunch of stuff and just keep putting more stuff on there. It's like a, you know, like a newspaper, right? It's a news called a news feed for a reason. It's a newspaper. I'm not going back to newspapers from last month or last year, I'm reading the current, current events, right? So, but by the way, you can post date, you can, you can backdate posts. So yep. don't, so that there's a little, little hack you can do, but obviously you, you're going to spend a lot of time doing that one by one. So just get, yep. get started now. Yeah. So there's, a, there's a lot of cool stuff. Absolutely. A lot of cool stuff that you can do for sure. And I think it's, I think it's interesting. It's we're, we're just telling stories. We have our own show. You have the opportunity now to like the, the TV is going in, in people's pockets, use it, get on the channel. Um, I mean, there's, we could spend a lot of time talking about all this stuff, but, uh, that's the way to go. So, um, definitely there's, a, there's a huge benefit here. You're, there's leads out there. Even we did, I mean, there's so much other stuff that you can do just posting in some of the free marketplaces, the forums, like oh, we didn't like, even get a chance to talk about marketplace. I mean, no, marketplace. it's like all the, all this stuff, right? So there are, I, I see people doing deals all the time, putting their, we buy houses signs in the different marketplaces in the different um, local groups and things like that. And just networking and finding people, all this stuff is that can be organically free uh, leads, free content, free exposure, all that stuff. So uh, get out. I love some of the hacks, the engagement going over to Zillow, staying on uh, Facebook, doing all those things. So um, guys, and, and you willing to give out the sheet to everybody that's listening. Yeah. And I also, I really love the fact that you are in, in our world. So we, I can ask you questions in our private Facebook group all the time. So, and I know that all of our, our members are thankful and I know a lot of them are clients of yours, which is great too. So how can like the people that want to get a hold of you, get a hold of you, maybe they, you run ads, you also do organic stuff for people on the Facebook side. So yep. if they want to reach out to you for any of that stuff, how can they do that? Well, you can find me on Facebook, mm, <laughs> Stephanie Betters. You can find me there and send me a message or a friend request. I'll, I'll accept it. Or you could email me, um, Stephanie at choosebetterpath.com. My, my social media REI one is Stephanie at socialmediarei.com. Either one works, comes to me, whichever one you can remember. Um, you could also send our Facebook page a message and say that you're interested. We have a social media REI page and we have a better path homes page. So I'm online. You can find me. (laughs) Surprise, surprise. So awesome. That's really cool. So, and for any of you guys that are out there who are like, you know what, all the stuff that they're talking about is really amazing. I need, I need help with my marketing. I have never gone direct to seller. I need to go direct to seller. Maybe you're doing 50 or a hundred deals a year and you're still trying to buy houses on the MLS. You're struggling, all that stuff. Like, come join us. Like join us in the mastermind group. We're really, if, if what we're saying resonates with you and the people that I brought on lately are somebody that you want to be around, we really would. And we have an opening in that market. Obviously we put a market cap on the market uh, places and things. We, we we're looking for great people that have new ideas, different things that they're doing that they can bring in and help us. So um, you can go to sevenfigureflipping.com. You can click on the seven figure altitude and fill out an application. And I know I haven't been really pushing that much lately, but I really want to see 
like the areas that we're not in, the different cities that we don't have uh, members in and bringing in the right people. So obviously you're going to talk to Dave Morse, our enrollment director, and he's going to have a conversation with you and make sure you're the right fit for, you know, us and we're the right fit for you because I really want to bring in people who, who are like us, you know, they really have our values, uh, you know, understand what we're trying to do and we can help them get to the next level because that's really what it's all about. Because I know that somebody coming in is also going to help us. Like every person that comes in, I've learned a ton from every single person. So, um, I encourage you guys to go and if you're not ready for that, just go check it out, fill out, fill out an application and we'll have a conversation with you. Maybe it's a, uh, set your seven figure runway member. If you're kind of on the fence, fill out an application, we'll talk to you and we'll see you at uh, flip hacking live. Maybe you can jump into the seven figure runway uh, when we open those doors again in October. So, um, Stephanie, thanks so much for spending time with me. Yeah. We'll put, um, we'll put your contact information in the show notes too. So if you guys missed it and you're driving and you can just go to the show notes of the podcast and you can click on it and get to her social media profiles and all the crazy stuff that she's doing. So, um, look, I know you're busy and I, I, we went pretty long. I really appreciate you spending time with us. I, it's always fun to talk to you and catch up and, yeah. and, and see you. So, and we'll see you soon. Uh, well, see you in two weeks. <laughs> yeah, I will see you in two weeks. That's right. <laughs> I can't wait. So I'm looking forward to it. All right. I'll, uh, I'll talk to you later. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to the seven figure flipping podcast with Bill Allen. If you want to grow and scale your house flipping or wholesaling business, check out more insider tips and strategies from the nation's most successful real estate investors at sevenfigureflipping.com.